2: Good afternoon, investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Monday, July 8th, 2019 edition of Invest Talk. And the big summer holiday of 4th of July has now come and gone. It was a long weekend, was it not? Uh, I'm sure most people didn't do a ton of work on Friday, but uh, that made it for a pretty long weekend. We saw an earthquake here in Southern California. I'm okay. Don't worry. Uh, I didn't, honestly didn't really feel it, but it was pretty big for some of our Southern California listeners. Now we are all back at work now, and I thank you for joining me today. I'm Justin Klein. I hope you also will call me with your investing questions. As always, our number is eight 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 ninety nine chart eight eight nine nine two four two seven eight And when you do make that call, you take charge of the program. And shape it to your advantage, right? By bringing up a topic that really is relevant to you. And I guarantee that if you're thinking about it, a lot of our fellow, a lot of your fellow Invest Talk listeners are doing the same. So we're going to help you make that next step, that next step in financial freedom in your own particular way. And we're going to do that with a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success, just like we do at KPP Financial. So please, pick up the phone, give us a call, call us live, call us after hours at 888-99-CHART. Now, our main talking point today concerns the fact that businesses are struggling with the fact that fewer teams, fewer teams, not teams, teens have time for summer jobs and just jobs in general i'm going to talk about why what are the implications for uh that generation the generation that's coming up right now as well as corporations who are struggling to hire younger workers and you might think that's not the worst thing in the world but when it comes to productivity it can be so we're going to discuss that today I've also got some other things on on the docket. The tax cuts. The tax cuts that took effect last year. The IRS has come out with some data on whose tax refunds increased. Who benefited the best or the most from the tax cuts that were passed in late 2017. So we're going to talk about that. Where do you fall? Also, pre-retirees. How do you know? How do you know if your roadmap to retirement is on track? We're gonna give you some general guidelines. And then lastly, we're gonna to touch on social security as well. So those are things that are on my mind. Those are things that I want to discuss with you. But if those aren't particularly relevant for you, give us a call. Bring your topic to the show today, 88899 chart. Let's look at the market today. We had the S&P down about six-tenths of 1%. Small caps were down about 1%. Qs, the NASDAQ down about 0.8%, same with the transports. And the All World Index actually did better than our domestic market. So that was uh, an interesting change today. The dollar dollar was up, which is a weird dynamic, but that's kind of where we're, A modest down day after the holiday season. We're still trying to work our way Decisively to new highs. Now you can make new highs for a day or uh, you know a week, but it needs to stay there for a while. And we're we had a little backtrack today. I don't think it's anything really technically to worry about. It was certainly an overbought condition, but the big question is: Has the market gone too far with expecting? Fed rate cuts, I think there's now about a 95% chance that the rate cut this month will be a 25 basis point cut. There's a 5% chance it will be a 50 basis point cut, which I think is too much to ask. I don't think the market is, I don't think the, the Fed is going to be in panic mode to reverse their policy with the equity markets at all time highs it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me so i still think there's a little bit of optimism on that gonna need to be worked off and then the big question is will it be a buy the rumor sell the news type of event right the market kind of pivoted about a month and a half ago in expectation that that next move down is coming a little bit sooner rather than later. So I think that'll be an interesting dynamic to see where that those expectations move over the next three weeks or so. So that's what I have on the docket for myself today, but first let's grab a question from our anytime listener line at 888-99-CHART.
3: Hey Steve and Justin, this is Dave from Connecticut. My question is on the company Gravity, ticker symbol GRVY. Just wondering what your thoughts are on it. If now's a good time to buy, I look forward to hearing your answer on the podcast. Thanks.
2: All right, he's looking at Gravity Company. GRVY is the symbol. This is a name that has come down dramatically and quickly. It closed sometime in mid-May around the uh, hit a high of about ninety-six dollars a share. Now we're at 42, yeah you heard that right. May, just two months ago, less than two months ago, it was over 50% higher than it is today. So this is a very, very volatile name as you can tell. And the earnings have been kind of all over the place. Uh, from 2012 to 2015 they lost uh, a solid amount of money. They finally turned profitable in 2016. That's really when the, 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 the price of the stock took off from Know, less than a couple dollars a share back in early 2016, and now, like I said, it hit $96 a share. Now it's at 42 earnings this year or last year, four dollars and six cents expected. I don't see any expectations for this year. It's a pretty thinly traded stock, volume uh, 50, 50 day average volume of only 84,000 shares, not very liquid. South Korean company. Uh, Korean-based developer, subscription-based massive multiplayer online role-playing games. So my question is, why has this dropped so dramatically? I'd really have to look at that. Uh, growth has certainly slowed on the revenue side a year ago. We're going to 200% year-over-year on revenue and only 90% last quarter, which still sounds great. But you're obviously priced to perfection. And the late, latest quarter didn't come out so well, didn't come out so hot. What's happening here? Was this a, a one-time game that maybe brought traction to the business and uh, is growing so dramatic? Grew the company so dramatically, and maybe the popularity of that game is waning. That's what I would imagine. Something like that is happening. It's only a three hundred million dollar company, so still not very big. Uh, so, from a valuation standpoint, the fact that it's come back so much—if it really is going to make four dollars a share this year and next year, like it did last year. I think it's relatively cheap, but I need to see the trajectory of that business. And something is telling me that that business is changing and the chart is telling me that in a big, big way. So I would do a lot more research on what brought that company from losing a ton of money to making a ton of money and now suddenly that trajectory looks to be changing uh technically it's now below the 200 moving average and is trending negatively so i would still be weary of it until i really understand and have some clarity on the future of their business and uh, since i never heard of the name i can't really give you perspective on that but you need to do a lot of research here to understand that you're listening to invest Talk. i'm justin klein and we have already started the second half of the year the market has certainly shown to be volatile and nobody really knows where things are going and when but you can prepare for the volatility when it does come because it ultimately will come back and you do that by balancing your portfolio and creating an allocation that is right for you, your goals and your risk tolerance. So Steve and I can help you with that. So your calls and inquiries are always welcome at our KPP financial office in Irvine, California. You can reach out at 800-557-5461 and give us a call or just send us a note on investtalk.com. But now I'm taking your questions live at 888 chart
0: The big 4th of July holiday weekend has come and gone and you are very likely back at work And focusing on your goal of achieving financial freedom. So you've come to the right place Invest Talk, where you can get timely information and unbiased guidance. Justin Klein is here now, and the phone lines are open 888 99 Chart.
2: Eight eight nine nine chart 8992, 4278 We have about 40 minutes left in the show, but it's going to go by quickly, so give me a call. Let's take a quick look at some benchmark numbers in the markets at the close today. 10-year treasury rate closed at about 2.03%. Back above that 2% mark, so uh, we're, we're rebounding a little bit. That could be a backup of expectations once again of a 50% Basis point cut in the Fed meeting this week, or sorry, this month. Now gold hit 14.04 uh, per ounce, and that was down slightly. But I think it's just more of a pullback of an overbought condition. We're still consolidating nicely, right above the breakout zone. About the area, about 1350 or so, 1370 is is that range where it needed to break above, and we've done that. We've done that on the on the on the gold price. And we're consolidating bullishly. I still think this is a longer term breakout and something to buy on little dips. Oil was at $58 per barrel. We obviously have the issues with Iran and uh, they're upping nuclear enrichments, and that certainly is stoking some geopolitical uh, problems. We have the issues with uh, what we—the drone being shot down, uh, allegedly, et cetera—and there's just a lot of geopolitical risk in the gold price. or sorry, oil price, uh, from a supply-demand dynamic. We're probably a little bit oversupplied, uh, to be honest, because of the dramatic increase that continues of shale production out of the regions in the United States, and the fact that we continue. To hit all-time highs of oil production, so from a supply dyna- dynamic, supply-demand dynamic, oil certainly is probably a little overpriced, but that geopolitical aspect is keeping it up. Now we have 16th consecutive month of unemployment rate has been at or beneath 4%. We had a decent jobs number last month, and I think that was the main. That's the main reason why I think there, there's not going to be a 50 basis point cut because. We didn't have a continuation of sub hundred thousand dollar or sub hundred thousand job creations uh, in the month of June. And we had a little bit of downgrades for the previous month, but not enough to really change the overall employment per- per- perspective, which is still slowing, still a slowing job market, but not something that's falling off a cliff. Another reason why I don't think. The Fed is going to cut 50 basis points. Over six million new jobs have been created since President Trump took office, but that's also because the economy continues to grow. So, uh, you know, I I think the presidents, both Trump, Obama, whoever you want to talk about, has always gotten too much or too little of the blame for, uh, sorry, too much of the blame or credit for changes in economic trajectory. Uh, There's a lot more dynamics that typically go into longer term changes in job creation, etc. And as the country grows, we're always going to create more and more jobs. Now the global economic slowdown continues. Germany, for example, is expected to have a 0.7% GDP growth for this year. Deutsche Bank is laying off 18,000 workers because simply they have too much debt and europe is still in a precarious position economically and we're slowing they're slowing down they continue to slow down you're obviously having slowdown in china which is being affected both ways by europe are you listening to invest stock i'm justin klein if you've been listening to invest stock for a while you've heard me say that i believe every investor should gauge their own risk tolerance and figure out their comfort zone from an investment perspective and you can do that quickly by using our free online tool at investtalk.com. Head over there now. But for now, I'm ready to take your questions live at 8899 chart
0: Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck. Because Justin Klein is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART,
2: eight eight nine 992 427 Let's go to Jason in Salt Lake City. Sounds like he's looking for some investing tools. Yeah, you there? Jason, you there? Yes. What can I help you with?
3: So what, uh, so what I'm thinking is I want to know how to, basically how to evaluate or how to choose um, a few ETFs to invest in and also the same thing with stocks. I want to know what are the, what are the top five or the top whatever metrics to look at in making that decision.
2: Okay, well you're definitely looking at two very different steps or processes in order to find the best for you, right? Um, you know, an ETF is a collection of assets, right? It's so it's a fund. And you're looking to just simply look for the the best fund for exposure to that particular area of the market that could be high yield bonds, it could be Uh, large cap stocks it could be uh, tech stocks could be foreign stocks right Um, now morningstar is a great tool for this if you're just looking for basic metrics you can also go straight to their website and you'll you'll get uh, good data but morningstar does a good job of laying out the expense ratio which you certainly want to look at the risk adjusted return so you want to look at uh, certain metrics like Sharp Ratio and other ones to l- make sure that uh, the risk you're taking is worth the return that you're getting. right? So there's things like that. Um, also, volatility. How volatile is the name overall or that s- area of the marketplace? And then you want to use some sort of portfolio analysis tool to see how it fits within your portfolio. There are a lot of overlaps with other assets within your portfolio. So that's on the ETF side, okay? Then when you get into individual stocks, your Morningstar is good. It definitely will give you some good metrics to to follow the trend of the business. Um, If you look at their, uh, I think it's called key statistics. Um, Y charts, we also use that as well. We really like Y charts. And there are a lot of different metrics there, depending on what you're, what kind of company you're looking at. So to give you what those metrics are, depends a lot on the sector you're looking for and what you're looking for. Are you looking for dividends, or are you looking for growth stocks?
3: I'm looking for dividends. So that's what I've been looking at. I've been looking for, basically I've been looking at the dividend, um, the PE ratios, and um, On the ETFs, I've been looking at what, like, the top two um, sectors that they're invested in are, but I feel um, hesitant to jump because I don't really have a good grip on understanding what I'm looking at. So I just wanted to call and, you know, bounce it off you and see what you think.
2: Yeah, well, if you're looking for dividends, you're looking for income, uh, the P-Ratio is definitely not where you want to be looking at. Uh, you know, Dividend yield is certainly a starting point, but it's only the first starting point. Um, and we talk about this uh, a lot on our Best Talk Academy, and we have uh, some lessons done there. I think I did one last week or the previous lesson uh, on dividend investing and how to analyze dividends and what dividends are... Healthy dividends and sustainable dividends and what are non-sustainable dividends. So I talked a lot about on Y charts. you'll find the cash dividend payout ratio, which is like a payout ratio, but uh, really focusing more on cash flows of the business, which matter a lot. How much debt does the company have? Is it encumbered by a lot of debt? And is the business trajectory solid or is it uh, on a precipitous decline? Because maybe it's in a sector or an area where it's being out-innovated. Right, by another company and the, another company stealing its, its market share. Um, so those are things that you really need to focus on. Debt is a big factor because when a company gets into financial problems where they cannot handle their debt because their business has deteriorated for some particular reason, the very first thing they're going to cut is the dividend. Either cut it in half or a quarter or whatever or maybe eliminate it altogether. So there are a lot of metrics that matter. Um, I also look at times interest earned, see how much or they're earning above their interest cost. Those are figures that really tell me how healthy their balance sheet is. So there's a lot of metrics to look at, um, I but I, I, I urge you, don't focus on the P-ratio. It means very, very little in context uh, or without context. So focus on... Uh, those metrics I talked about and compare them to others within the industry. That's another big misnomer that people um, have is that they might compare a telecom company to a chip chip maker uh, and think they're very similar, but they're very not. Hope that helps Jason. Now in tomorrow's Invest Talk, Wall Street hasn't been this pessimistic on Apple in decades. We're going to talk about that tomorrow. But for now, as we go to a break, you can't, you can't have missed all the negative news about legendary aircraft company Boeing. So what's my trivia question? Well, it's what year was the company founded? And what is the list price of the troubled Boeing Max 8 jet? I'll have the answers next. But for now. I'm Justin Klein. and I'm ready to take your questions at 8899 chart
0: Overall, I feel pretty good about our investment decisions, but there are times I wonder if our current 401k plan could be doing better. I mean, which funds are the right funds for me,
4: for us? You're listening to someone who could benefit from KPP Financial's Active 401k program.
0: I can't spend all my time following the market and I'm sure it would certainly be a big help to receive advice based on real data from unbiased advisors.
4: The Active 401k program features math-based models to guide you in and out of the various investment options in your plan, KPP monitors and advises. You take action with the Active 401k program. KPP clients immediately see current investment recommendations configured to match their personal plan preferences. Active 401k. Okay. Take the next step toward your financial freedom.
0: The great thing about achieving financial freedom, you can keep working if you want to, but you don't have to.
4: And here's more good news. KPP clients who are active 401k subscribers will receive a complimentary subscription to the KPP Premium Newsletter. Each Friday, Steve Peasley writes a market action and trend newsletter that serves as a quick summary of the week that was. It also includes stock ideas, portfolio management information, and consumer finance tips. So enroll in the active 401 k program and also get the KPP Premium Newsletter. Start with a contact call to KPP Financial, or visit kppfinancial.com.
0: The 4th of July holiday is already in the rear view mirror. Hopefully you enjoyed some downtime, but if your goal is financial freedom, you need to stay focused. So Justin Klein is here now to offer you his investment experience and unbiased guidance. Step up with your questions, 888-99-CHART.
2: Now, before the break, I asked this this question about Boeing. What year was the company founded? And what is the list price of the troubled Max 8 jet? And the answer is Boeing was founded by William Boeing, 1916, July 15th in Seattle, Washington. The present corporation is a result of the merger of Boeing with McDonnell Douglas on August 1st, 1997. So a little over, or almost 22 years ago. Now the Boeing company has its corporate headquarters in Chicago and is organized into five primary divisions. And the Boeing Max-8 jet cost $117 million. At least that's the list price. Now my main talking point today concerns the story about how businesses are struggling with a workforce that has less teens in. And you might say, well, that's not that big a deal. But in reality, it is. So let's look at what's happening. Well, some teens are wanting to have their own money, their own independence. They're looking to take summer jobs. Most are not only about 40% of teens aged 16 through 19 were in the labor force last summer according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. And that number has remained stagnant over the last 10 years. And if you look back to 2006, about half of teens were working or looking for work during the summer, so 13 years ago. If you take that all the way back to early 2000, that figure was 20 points higher, so about 60%. And it was about 60% for a while. It fluctuated between about 55 and 70% through the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s and only recently dropped. And the big reason, what's the big reason? Well, it's really extracurricular activities. Educational classes. Volunteering. All of this in order to get into college, get into a better college. Summer enrollment in education classes is the main reason for the decline, most likely, because the college enrollment process has become more intense. In July 1985, about 10% of teens were enrolled in summer courses. In 2018, that number was 45%, so nearly half. So, a lot more are focusing on their education and sports, especially athletics, trying to get scholarships, maybe. And this is somewhat of an issue because many young people are not getting jobs until they exit college. And these are years where you can learn basic skill sets, how to be good workers. In July 2000, for example, 24% of food service workers were teens. That figure is now only 19% last year. And where is the labor force shifting? Well, it's actually getting older. The portion of food service workers aged 55 or older rose from 12% from 8% in 2000. McDonald's partnered with ARP this summer to fill 250,000 Seasonal jobs. Walmart is doubling down on recruiting teens with offers like include SAT and ACT prep courses. And this is really the, an issue because we're in a tight labor market. right? Unemployment is at 3.6%. And when you have baby boomers, 10,000 baby boomers retiring every day, a lot of them are unfortunately going to die off and that's only going to increase and the way that the labor force is replenished is with new workers coming in and when that's delayed it creates a much tighter labor force and that's going to be a big issue and from a GDP standpoint as well less people working less people part of the labor force may keep the Unemployment rate down, but it's less money, less economic activity that's happening within our economy. Now, let's get another call, another caller who took time to leave their question on our anytime listener line at eight 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 ninety nine chart.
3: Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Hurry calling from Cincinnati. Love your show. Very informative and insightful. I've got a question regarding ETF. Could you just uh, comment or share your experience around what should be the approach? in purchasing an ETF. And I would like to take your response on the podcast.
4: Thank you.
2: What would be my approach on purchasing, purchasing an ETF? Well, first off, I would assess the overall portfolio that you currently have. Uh, what type of risk is already embedded in it? right? What sectors of the market are you exposed to currently? and maybe overexposed to? So first touch on that. What maybe do you have too much of or on the border of having too much of? So you don't want to make sure you add to that, right? Then you want to look at the overall risk of the portfolio. Is that a higher risk than the overall market or is it lower? And what do you want? Do you want it to be closer to the market Right, if it's below it, or do you want to de risk the portfolio because maybe you're getting closer to retirement, or you're more wary of the valuations in the market, or maybe you want to just get more exposure to the foreign markets, emerging markets? Whatever it is, have a broader goal to balance the portfolio to an area that's more appropriate for you and your goals, and then. You say, okay, I I want to add to this area of the market, this asset class, this sector. And then I would search for the ETFs that have high exposure to those areas. Now, that could be a pure play ETF, like a sector. It could be a pure play emerging market ETF, like an EEM. And you want to understand what that is, okay? What are you, What's your goal for exposure? Then I would find a list of ETF. I would narrow that down to maybe a half dozen that have relatively low expenses. Doesn't mean the lowest expense ratio, but I would say below average. And then you want to look at the risk-adjusted return. Has historically performed better than the overall area of the market? Whether that's industrials or utilities or emerging markets, whatever that is, you got to compare it to its peers. Then, how much money do you have? Do you have a lot of money to put in, and therefore a commission of five or seven dollars to buy is not that big a deal? Or you have a low dollar amount, and that's going to eat. You know, you're only investing two hundred dollars, and that's a big commission. Then you want to maybe look at commission-free ETFs that your broker offers. So I hope that helped with the process of narrowing down an ETF for you and your particular goals in your portfolio. And if you need help with that, whether that's an ETF, individual stocks, rebalancing your portfolio for what you need, give me a call, shoot us an email, myself or Steve, we can help you out. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. I hope you're making the right choices with the money in your 401k. And candidly speaking, it takes time to study the fundamentals and trends in the market, and it can be very difficult to move in and out of your various investment options. And that's where Steve and I can help at KP Financial, where we have a math based model to guide you. It's called Active 401k. We will monitor and advise your investment choices within your 401k and you can take the timely action. You can read more about Active 401k at investtalk.com. And now I'm taking your questions live at 8899 chart
0: This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where they describe their services as independent thinking, shared success. And KPP principal and InvestTalk host, Steve Peasley is pleased to announce that he will be returning to San Jose, California on July 31st to conduct his no-cost, wealth-building portfolio review consultations. If you're a serious investor, and if you live anywhere in Northern California, you should make plans now to sit down in person with Steve. He can review your portfolio and show you how to optimize its performance so you can achieve financial freedom. Appointments are limited, so don't delay. Wednesday, July 31st, Steve Peasley returns to San Jose. Register now at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open and your calls are welcome. 888-99-CHART.
2: Eight eight nine nine chart 888-992-4278. nine two four two seven eight. Let's go to John in Santa Cruz. He's looking at Equinox Gold Corporation. Correct.
3: Yes, correct. Um, I know it's a kind of a high flyer. Um, I the reason I'm interested in it is because the person that runs it, uh, he ran Pan American. He runs Pan American Silver, and that did really well. Uh, so he's and it is successful. But I know it's a, you know, it's basically a penny stock, and uh, um, I'm not quite sure how to evaluate it.
2: Okay, well the first the fact that they do have an experienced buying executive is certainly a big plus. Right? Uh Pan American mm-hmm. Silver has had its ups and downs, but overall it's been one of the better silver miners or gold miners uh, in the world over the long term uh, may not the best but certainly successful in an area where there's been a lot of crash and burns let's just say say that uh, this is a name that has a five 500 million dollar market cap it is located in British Columbia so you're going to be buying uh, I believe this is ish. this is on the is this a pink sheet stock well
3: I I, it's on the TSX exchange, but it, it shows okay. up in my Schwab account, so I think I can buy it on Schwab. I don't think I have to buy okay. it. I don't have to, pay, yeah.
2: Okay. Um, you know, this is a name that it just recently looks like it, it, it had the symbol, so I don't know if it's the history of the name, um, but I'm looking at it on, on the regular charts, and it's fairly new, but it's uh, it's been trending higher, but not... Not dramatically, um, hasn't really kept up with the overall sector. The, the the GDX, for example, the the mining sector. So that worries me a little bit. Uh, they're they're not making money, which is a pro- actually sorry. They oh, no, uh, are they making money? No, they aren't. Net income negative seventy six million dollars trailing twelve months negative EBITDA. So this is going to be a very high risk name if gold prices go to $1,700 an ounce again, this will probably start making money. Um, but there's not a lot of track record to it. So this is a very high risk name. I rather own a domestic miner or a miner that's traded on our exchanges that's large. I mean, Pan America Silver has a, 200, a $2 billion market cap, and this has a $500 million market cap. So it's 25% the value of Pan America Silver, but it has a lot more, Pan America has a lot more sales, a lot more earnings, uh, it pays a dividend. So to me, it's just overpriced for what it is. You know, this, I need to be paying 10% or less than what I would be paying for a Pan America silver, okay, uh, or another name. So I think I would stick with some of the larger names, more liquid cash flow positive, paying a dividend, et cetera, and avoid something like this. I like what you're looking at from a leadership perspective, but the fundamentals just don't compare that well in relation to a lot of the other larger names in the industry. that makes sense, John?
3: Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate it.
2: No problem. Thanks for the call. That was Equinox Gold. High risk, but... A lot of times with high risk, you get high returns, but gold miners themselves uh, have about three times the volatility of the gold market itself, which means when you're buying a gold miner, you're already taking a high level risk. Your return or your potential return is already very high if gold prices take off. So do you really need that extra layer of uncertainty and risk? I don't think so. I think you just go and buy, maybe the gold junior miners, uh, the, the regular GDX, the, mine, the the regular large miners, or you diversify amongst some of the better miners that have stronger track records. To do it that way as well. But to dip into a loss making company that is kind of traded on the pink sheets or on the Toronto exchange, doesn't pay a dividend, doesn't have positive cash flow. It, it, it just doesn't add up unless you're getting an absolute rock bottom price. And at $500 million, that's not a rock bottom market cap. 888-99-CHART, 889 4278 That's how you get through and ask your question. We're going to the last break here. So if you're going to call, you want to pick up the phone right now. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein and we have one goal here and that's to help you achieve your personal version of financial freedom and our goal each day to help you take that next step. And our work continues after this break, so get your questions in right now at 8899 chart that's 888-992-4278.
0: the next invest talk wall street hasn't been this pessimistic about apple in decades that story tomorrow but now justin is here ready with answers and he's waiting for your questions 888-99-CHART
3: hey steve and justin this is a uh, day from st louis i love the podcast i listen to it daily i'm just
2: wondering your um, thoughts on abby ticker symbol uh, A B B V. I know they're looking for growth going forward so they need to make an acquisition especially with possibly losing hemera in uh
3: 2023 so the stock's been taking a hit and thinking it was a good value play
2: uh, at this time so i picked up some uh shares a couple of days ago and then they made a purchase of allergen add more uh more debt to the company with a struggling company and i just wanted your thoughts i'm a long-term investor i look for dividend growth companies
3: look for them when they're at a value. I just wondered uh, what your thoughts were on either holding on to this or, um, you know, buying more when it goes down or if I should possibly sell. We'll listen on the podcast. Thank you.
2: All right. He's looking at AbbVie. This is a drug company, $105 billion market cap. Develops Humira, pharmaceutical biological treatments for rheumatoid arthritis, psoriasis, and Crohn's disease. And it's going to acquire Allergan for about 180 dollars per share or $63 billion. So about, what, uh, three quarters the size of the current company. Certainly adds a, a large layer of debt. It's purchase it with debt and shares. So um, this is a high risk. Endeavor. Uh, Allergan already has a decent amount of debt on their balance sheet, there, so they're gonna absorb that. Um, revenue for uh, AbbVie fell 1% year over year, and that's what you're talking about. They're trying to kickstart that growth. So I like this, I like uh, the, the name long term because I like Allergan long term. Uh, however, it's high risk, and uh, I don't, ex- don't expect that dividend which has steadily increased, to increase, uh, I think, anytime soon. Because if you look at its payout ratio, it's 112%. Its cash dividend payout ratio is only 46%. But that'll be interesting to see where that goes after you know, these new shares are issued. They're certainly going to have to uh, pay a lot more uh, in dividend overall and how Allergan is accretive to earnings and cash flow uh, going forward. So I do think it is... A good acquisition for AbbVie. I think long term they'll work down that debt, uh, but don't expect that dividend, which right now is at about a little over, a little less than six percent, going forward. I don't, don't expect that to grow too much over the near term as they work through the debt. Let's go to Sam in the Bay Area looking at GPS, which is Gap, correct? That is right. Okay. What are you, what are you looking for it for?
3: So basically I have quite a bit of investment made in GPS through let's say 401k or ESPP sector, not 401k, but the ESPP stock options. Uh, understanding the company's split, I want to take your opinion saying, should I keep my investment as is or I should look at other options?
2: Uh, they, if, if I remember this right, they split off old Navy, is that correct? That is right. That's happening May next year. Oh, May next year. Got it. Okay. Well, this is a name that's certainly been down uh, in the dumps. Near a 52-week low, Uh, 1850 at the close today, but that's down from a 52-week high of about 33 dollars. What in March of last year was about 35 dollars. So it's been cut in half in a little over a year. And it's because earnings continue to languish and languish to the downside. So that worries me uh, in, in a big way. I don't love their brands. You know, Banana Republic's you know, decent. Old Navy is about to be spun off. I don't think Gap has a strong brand these days. Uh, Athleta, as well as Jane and Janie and Jack are, are okay. But certainly being sucked down with the retail apocalypse, shall we say. Um, If you're looking at it for the dividend, I would not expect that to grow very much, uh, if at all. Uh, The good thing is they don't have a lot of debt, so that's a positive. Uh, But their business continues to deteriorate. So unless they can turn that around with a better online presence, I don't see a lot of optimism here. Um, So I would be looking to reduce your exposure to this name. Old Navy does have seem to have some staying power, um, but that's about to be spun off. So I might keep that and sell GPS. Thanks for the call, Sam. I'm Justin Klein, and this completes another Invest Talk program. And I thank for your loyal support and questions. Please come back tomorrow. Steve will be here for you, and I will return on Thursday. Good night.